Hi, boys and girls, and welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich, and on today's episode, the wonderful Gordon Shawcross, singer-songwriter, known him for over 20 years, and we do this interview uh, at the George Street Diner. We'd like to thank Ash Ferelli for opening up the, her wonderful Greasy Spoon to allow us to interview and talk to Gordon about his new record, Almost Science Fiction. Uh, we go way back, talk about early days growing up in Brampton, Ontario, and uh, I really think you're going to enjoy this. Sit back and prepare to be dazzled. <laughs> are, are you wired? You're wired. Okay, so... Here we are, let me, is it, it's 801. Nice. It's 801, let me. I would have came in, like I came and looked in the window. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I don't think they're here. So I was just, had a cigarette out. Yeah. And then, well. No, we're here. I can start drinking coffee at least. Yeah. Let me paint you a picture. Are we going to order some food? Humble listeners, yeah. This is our first time taking the podcast external, and I couldn't think of a better gentleman to take it external with than Gordon. Mm -hmm. Shawcross, someone I've known for, I was thinking about it this morning, well, believe it or not, that time of the year, showering, I showered this morning, first time of the nice, year. Nice, The Italians, we shower once on our birthday, Nice. and I didn't have time last weekend, it was my birthday, I showered this I, morning. I showered, Okay. I showered at seven last night, and I felt like I was okay this morning. You're was, clean, you look good, you had, smell you know, good, too. I had a wash and put on some You did a wash? And, yeah, yeah, We're going to talk about what you're wearing in a, in oh, a moment, okay? Because right. you are wearing something that, that is uh, bring, evoking a nostalgic uh, oh, tickle nice. on my end, on the on the, uh, the old factory. What yeah, are you I was looking trying at? to send us some, some of these, pass those down. Oh, menus? <laughs> okay, so we're looking at menus. We're here at the George Street Diner, okay? And soon, soon, we'll be interrupted by the owner of said diner who uh, welcomed us into uh, this establishment to, to, to do a podcast. We got a lunch menu. Very exciting. Oh, we got a lunch oh. menu. Here's a breakfast menu. No, I know I'm going to improvise my menu. I've already been here, thinking so about my order. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about my and order for uh, two weeks when oh, we really? booked this podcast. I, yeah. actually, I actually looked on the, their website just oh, to good. get the location. Okay. So that's how I picked my hotel. Okay, like, okay. I stayed, Great. It's at church just south of Dundas. And the voice. Huh? The bond? No, no. <laughs> no. The bond costs more than double per night what I'm paying at the Central Hotel. Gordon, it's the Toronto Central Hotel. Gordon Shawcross, uh, across the table from currently living in Shelburne. Is that right? Yeah. 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 But, uh, it's the first place I've lived that I haven't really liked Okay. in my whole life. Yeah. Now, I haven't lived in a lot of places, but I've liked them all. Yeah. Uh, regardless of how people felt, you felt the I grew up in Brampton, yeah. like you did. Uh, yeah, and we're from the same hometown. Yeah. Well, and, essentially. And I... And I Many of my friends were very sort of like gotta get the hell out of Brampton. Yeah. And I didn't really didn't make Please. much of a difference to me. Um, where where is Shelburne? You said it's uh, thank it's you. 
It's directly north, so yeah. you, you know where Orangeville is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like a, another half hour yeah. north, I, I just a little bit thought, west. Yeah. You, ever you go drive to, through Shelburne if you're going to Collingwood yeah. or Owen Sound. Is that where Superburger is up there? Uh, that's, yeah, Superburger, like Shelburne is five kilometers west of right. where Superburger is, but a lot of people think of that as Shelburne. <laughs> uh, I prefer Champs, which is across the We've street. had breakfast there. No, we haven't. Champs? Uh, not Champs, not Champs Burgers. If we may oh, have had okay. breakfast at some place called Champs, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's We've eaten about. breakfast in a lot of places. We've so. had breakfast at a lot of places, yeah. and it's always a. So I thought of you immediately when we started doing this podcast, and uh, because our breakfast conversations have been like long and interesting, and always. Yeah, never short of uh, it, well, the, the the podcast we call industry tactics, and we t- we tend to touch on some industry. Oh, okay, uh, I didn't you know. realize. Nice. Yeah, but it's not even about that. It's we're gonna have we'll have a nice conversation, and this time over, on my in my case, poached eggs. I'm gonna do. Nice. Poached, I've turned over a new leaf. I've been poaching nice. the eggs. Yeah, that's. I, what, do, what are you guys I, thinking of? I'm getting yeah, Irish I, breakfast. A well poached egg, like poached. Okay. In the water, yeah, with the vinegar, yeah. Know, like, have you ever poached an egg? Yourself? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah, that's at home my and that's my favorite egg. But nice. It's the hardest egg to get right. Yeah, it is. The vortex. Yeah, yeah, and vinegar, white what's vinegar. The, what's the vortex? I realized you that need, part of what I like about it is the vinegar taste too. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah. I you love get the water taste. boiling, a yeah. little bit of white vinegar. Yeah, you, yeah. You stir it so that when you put oh. the egg in it, it. I wrote it a shot. It adheres to itself. It to Please send it to me. If you don't I do that, willy nilly cracking the egg and throwing no, it in. No, oh, no, the, the no egg vortex. splits apart. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, well, yeah. it doesn't really you split apart, but yeah, yeah. And, and all the recipe you'll get, a, you'll get a much nicer. You know, and what's the what is the exciting for? I've never really had. A I have good. no idea. You know what the worst? I, I don't even. It has a tinge to it. Have you ever had just a craving for a poached egg, but you don't have white vinegar, so you use something like balsamic? No, never. It doesn't work. Never done that. Doesn't work. Wine. I just throw a bit of wine in there. What the fuck? It's all the same. Yeah, that doesn't really work. Although, see. What I discovered uh, after that, after because when I grew up, you had a poached egg that was like this thing where it was you sort of steamed the eggs in a little tin cup, right? That sat above boiling water. Ah, uh, yeah. So that was that was a poached egg, and, and I changed the name of that. Didn't find a I cobbling. Ah, uh, coddled eggs. Yeah, really. So, anyways, okay. it's sort of. It might have been my parents. Like maybe they just they thought that, like it's. Like, I can remember like at my house a grilled cheese was like cheese put on a piece of bread and put under the broiler in the oven until the cheese got melty. That's oh. a grilled cheese. Oh. So like the first time someone made Open me a grilled, grilled cheese sandwich. in the pan. Yeah, yeah. With, I was just like, this is grilled cheese. You know, <laughs> I, I'm so confused. <laughs> you know, but. But I mean, we ate sort of, you know, a lot of sort of working class British food. That's what we ate. That's what my parents liked, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talk about this. You grew up in Brampton, right? Like I was born at Peel Memorial Hospital. Born at Peel Memorial. But my family, everyone else in my family is from Stockport, which is a suburb of Manchester. Oh, okay. UK. Okay. Okay. Did your parents... Wow. Had a British accent? Yes, my parents did, but my brothers and sisters didn't. Now, granted, they were like five, four, and mm-hmm. one. Okay. So okay. they lost their accents, but I've heard recordings of them when they were kids, and they still they had wild, very sort of soft accents. Mm-hmm. And my father's uh, accent was much sort of thicker and more working class. Right. He kind of adopted wow. a bit of a. Uh-huh. Uh, upper class accent over time and he apparently had done it when he was in the Air Force because 
all the pilots were right. people who'd gone to public school, which is actually private, private school. school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and you know they had the sort of toffee accents that that uh, you know the accent is very uh, identifiable, identifies your class. So yeah, yeah. And the he wanted to be a pilot, so he sort of adopted the behaviors of a pilot, but he didn't have the education to, to go on. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so and I think when he came to, like in, in Canada, like people think all British people are upper class yeah, yeah. twats, right? <laughs> or uh, intellectuals. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 As Eddie Van Halen always used to say, English fag music, when he was talking about sort of 80s music that was his and then the whole band would fall down laughing around. <laughs> and I'd always be like fuck you Betty <laughs> nice nice I noticed that you don't get called a fag now is that an age thing do kids still call each other fags I don't like, think they do I think it's been so long since someone called me a fag I think uh, that, my, my generation was probably the last of the generations to that's to good you gotta hold on to that, that. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta yeah. hold on to that Nostalgia, yeah, yeah. I, that's a that's a nice development. That is a nice well, people development. generally don't yell anything at me, or if they do, it's uh, uh, if I wear round glasses. Yeah. Then everyone says, "Oh, you look just like John Lennon." Right. But if I wear <laughs> square, like black frame glasses, people always say, "Oh, you look like Elvis Costello." Yeah. And it's like. No. You have a whole face, not just glasses. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's that you're totally. Yeah. It's a. It's the iconography of. The, I realized how powerful that was uh, when I was like in my early twenties, because if I wore round glasses while yeah. I was hitchhiking, got rides way easier. Yeah. But if I wore like you know darker, sort of more, kind of modern looking glasses, like wraparounds or whatever. Fewer rides. They thought they were picking up John Lennon. That's yeah. the thing, and I had sort of long hair parted in the middle, and so like, and that's his when he drew a yeah. picture. Yeah. It was yeah, his yeah. glasses yeah. and hair. Yeah. Like yeah. it didn't, you know. That's what. So that's what people would look at. It was interesting. It was good for hitchhiking. <laughs> hey, branding. Yeah, <laughs> branding. So you, let, we wanted. I'm really interested in. We we did an interview of bunch of years ago and I found it fascinating. Two thousand like, I think. Yeah. Oh my. So yeah, you have that kind of a, a mind. The, yeah, you can you can go back like that. Summer or fall of two thousand. Uh, I was See? busking at the oh, Brampton Farmers Market. Yep. I recorded you there ago. and yeah, then and that we was interviewed. Out front. You used it for an out front I did, I did uh, on documentary on yeah, Brampton. Freaks it was Brampton. called yeah, it was a, yeah. back when the CBC had some It was news to integrity. me that I was a freak, actually. So yeah, I had no, no idea. you are. You totally are, right? <laughs> well, I, had, I had no idea, though. Like, I never thought of myself as a freak. When right. I put you in the context of, like, that could also four other be weirdos. The, that's the subtext of this podcast is, like, People who thought they were people. freaks. Freaky <laughs> musicians, I think unique musicians. Uh, that, that, like, so far, I, we've, we've talked to Jeff Burke and Dave Clark, and both of them are... Very unique. Of, very wizard. And very like, accomplished and, as yes, well. Yes, yes. And you know, I've been thinking a lot. Well, you gave me that new CD of yours uh, called "Almost Science Almost Fiction," Science Fiction yeah. which which it w which will be released this fall. Yeah, June twenty third. June twenty third. Yeah, so not okay. too far. From okay, there. okay. Yeah, and yeah. it's a just thing brilliant beauty. move. Uh, okay, really obscure kind of singer songwriter album released at the height of release season. Okay, okay. Yeah, like so, I'm duking it out with you know. 
Yeah. Any gigantic act is going to release their record. You know, Around the same time. Sometime between May and September mm -hmm. to catch the summer and Christmas markets. Yeah. So yeah. generally the thing that you do if you're independent is you release in February. Right. right. So. Industry <laughs> tactics or the fall. Yeah, yeah. I've also yeah, heard yeah. the fall is pretty good for t a diff depending on who you're talking to. Some people say, "Well, Christmas market," but you're fighting it out with yeah. all the biggest artists at that point. Yeah. I, now this is information based on when yeah. records and CDs were yeah were the product. So I like I'm not a, I don't even have an iTunes account. I don't download. I mean, music. The only things I releases? download are MP3s from. Uh, if I buy an album, yeah. it comes with an MP3 download. Yeah, yeah. That's really the, you know. But how many releases have you done uh, right but now? In my like, life? Yeah, in your life. Oh. Just I, I, eyeball it. Uh, let's say six, maybe, over a very long period of time with everyone's different configuration. I, like. So that's it, half a year, and you, any difference in like releasing it in September versus, I always, like, we've for, talked about for, this before, for and I've noticed no difference. No, for an act like ourselves, uh, you know, most CDs you sell, you're putting them in the hand right. of the person who's buying them yourself at a show, right? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, some goes other ways, but um, it's just, um, you you have to spend scads of money promoting yourself. And Don't so yeah. if you release when all the really big acts are releasing, then... No one's. No one needs the space, or there's so much interest in those bigger acts that. Or this, this is what it used to be like. I mean, yeah. I actually don't even yeah. really know what it's like. Anymore. Well, this one's coming it's out on. I think anybody does. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a free for all, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, this one's coming out on Squirt Gun, which is yeah. a record label that you go way back with, which is yeah, so my, exciting. Yeah, my first CD, full length CD with Monkey Trial, was released on Squirt so Gun. So Gordon's first band was, was called Monkey Trial. That's well, first band I that ever had any kind of longevity or, yeah. or or released anything actually. Yeah. But see when I, the because of when I grew up, first ten years of me uh, being in music, you played you played live live most of your live gigs were cover gigs. And you played your original music yeah. like you put on different shows mm -hmm. for that. You never made any money. And you didn't release stuff yourself you made demos and tried to get a record deal that was the so the first 10 years like from 15 to 25 I'm all my money recording money is spent making demos not making Releases. independent releases yeah, okay. like it never occurred to me okay. even, even I was really yeah. into the punk thing and a lot of punk bands yeah. at least their first couple singles are independent you know and then it goes from there but it just never occurred to me to press up a single or Mm -hmm. uh, until you know, I didn't. I didn't uh, make an album until I was 25 years old. Is that right? So you know, up until then, like, and you started ma making music when around. Um, it's like I had my first original band when I was 15. I started okay. probably playing. I started as a drummer, so I probably started playing drums seriously by the time I was in like grade seven. Okay. And I sang as well, but that sort of came forward over time. Did it ever? <laughs> yeah, did well, that's ever. my primary thing. You know, I would say is this, I'm eventually ending up as a front singer, where all I did was sing. Which is such Can a. Can you still drum? Um, I, you know what? I played drums on a couple tracks on this album. You do, eh? And um, I, fortunately I for me, um, Pant City, 
was making a record and he got in touch with me well in advance and said will you play drums on my record and I was like sure but like I hadn't played the drums for probably over a year hadn't even sat at the kit so I said like how soon do you need me and he was like you know six to eight weeks so I was like okay perfect and I you know practiced for two hours every day by the time six weeks now I'm not an amazing drummer but I have a nice feel and I can play you know simple grooves that sound yeah. all right you know i can yeah. accompany a, a you know a, a rock or pop song yeah yeah can you ever? you know i think it sounds great thanks, man. I, thanks. like the but i need i have to be in practice so right yeah, yeah. take me six yeah. weeks at this point like i said to to get into shape enough to be able to play yeah also to just be able to play for any period of time too because you wear out quickly you rush <laughs> did you hear that neil curtis Calling it quits. Stop! Stop talking. Yeah, because he oh. has tendonitis. Oh. Are you are you for real? Are you for real? They say this is when the you, last tour. I know that. I have tickets, June nineteenth, and I might go see them in Detroit as well. But are you making that bit up about no, the tendonitis? No, that's what I. That's what I. I've heard. Have you heard this too? Can you verify this but claim? It, it this was actually, but claim. It doesn't, can't just doesn't drop surprise me. It was morning. the first time I ever thought about me. how a drummer Once, can wear out physically. Oh, but yeah. not Neil Peart. Have you read his books? It talks about the extreme discipline. Guys. If you have a tendonitis, it's tendonitis. It's, it's like a sports injury. Like yeah. he, I'm surprised playing the way that he does. Yes. That he's still doing it. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I, th- I might he, cry. And he does it. At the, at the concert, not now. <sighs> he does it, you know, with all the dexterity and precision and, and power. Wow. That he always did, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, They've never sounded better. The only I difference, mean, the only difference to me is I prefer the drum sound on the sort of mid '70s to like to moving pictures, like that yeah. sort of. And then now I don't like the way his drums sound live or or on the records. I wonder if that's, when did he switch his? Uh, yeah, he started studying. That's in the '90s. That's yeah. yeah he switched from With, uh, uh, Kelly from match grip to back to traditional grip. Yeah, which I think he's now gone back to match grip. Okay, I think I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to look at you listening, uh, yeah. who aren't in the industry now. I'm just going to interject a little bit here. When Gordon <laughs> talked about, he just referenced two terms there: match grip and, and traditional grip. Now, just look it up on the internet. Okay? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a, those are drumming two terms. Okay, but back to it. Um, I want to learn things about you. I, you know. Not really. I've never known. I don't how know. Would you feel about, how would you feel about? How would you feel about? I was thinking. Yeah. Like, we don't have to do this. Do on it. The podcast, but I was trying to establish some chronology because the yes. So when Student Yats. Oh yeah. That's a band, right? Yeah, that's, that's a band. You were yeah. in that band. That, that was the first thing I ever. Were you did. in high school? Yeah, I would have been grade uh, eleven. Okay, so I've known you since you were in grade eleven, essentially, because right. right. you sold that cassette in the record store. At the record day. store that Gordon. So what year are you in grade eleven? In, in grade eleven, math wise, or like, are we talking math? How old, no, how old are you when you're? How old are you in grade eleven? I mean, what year is it? What year is it? Sorry, it was grade twelve because we had OAC, so grade twelve. Oh, okay. So. So did you, you go did into you do five years of high school? I did. Okay. So did you go right to university right out of right high school? Right after. 
and, and I started you university. Out. Yes, good, How long good. did you go? You dropped out. I did two years and then two I dropped years, out. Two years, you got frustrated and dropped out. That's right. And then good. you went. How long before you went back again? A year. Two years. Two years. Two I years. sold life insurance. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's I smoked perfect. a lot of cigarettes. Kilgore Trout. Yeah, Kilgore Trout. <laughs> Charles Ives. I was very inspired by Charles Ives, the American okay. composer so, so, who yeah. so started the Prudential. So okay, so yeah, I've known you since. And 95, Yeah, and, and right? we sort of, and we, did, we visited 95. a lot with e with each other at the, because I worked in this record store in mm -hmm. Brampton, right, right which was kind Brampton. of the coolest record store in Brampton. It was the best. For the longest time. I spent all my money there on old Frank yeah, Zappa records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and then uh, I went on the road for a year in 99, yeah. and we started an email correspondence. Is that right? Know, do you remember this? No. But at the time, wow, man, you are sharp. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't know if you remember this, but you were teaching classical guitar at yes. the Ontario Conservatory, right around music, the corner from you. Which did a, like a hunky blonde dude run that place? I remember meeting no. up with this guy who was like, looked like sort of like a male model. He was like tall and blonde, and he was a bit of a. He was yes. he was very nice to me. But he yes. was a bit of, he was the, he seemed like a frat boy. Seemed like he would like, if he didn't like you, he would tape your hairy ass. He was a bit of a Ken doll kind of looking yeah, yeah, guy, right? Yeah. Or if Ken, is he was Ken Blanc? very nice to me, yeah, yeah, okay. but I could just tell, mm -hmm. get a few drinks in yeah, him or yeah, yeah. slightly wow. bad situation and wow. he would like go totally apeshit. That's what, it, that's what he seemed like to me. Mm -hmm. So, he, okay, so I remember you coming into the record store yeah. and uh, you were like, can't take it. At school, I'm dropping out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you told me about it, and I was like, "All right, Groovy." And then one of the next times I saw you, I said, "If you can get your mind around the concept of hacking it through your university education, yeah. you will be much better off." Okay. And I said, "Look at me, right? I didn't finish high school. I work retail jobs, and I'm trying to make music." If I hadn't got a university education early and gotten into the... Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. are so much better off. And then, uh, yeah. and you're also uh, having challenges, like, in that people were not responding necessarily favorably to the music that you were making, because it's difficult yeah. music, right? It's not... Right. It's Right. You're certainly not like, hmm, how can I make everybody like this? <laughs> like, that's not what you make necessarily no. I think people have to kind of come to it right it attracts right. a certain audience or is for a certain audience uh, and so uh, every email I sent you while I was on the road I, my last line was you are a genius oh wow right and why don't I not any of that you're like, supposed to say oh I remember that, that, that <laughs> you know, no, that's, that's well I don't I don't expect you to remember it. That's, that's why amazing. I'm kind of I was thinking that I was might just have been right when email came out. Like I well, literally might not even have that account anymore. I still have the same account. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Ph phenomenal. Exact same account. That's which so I got exciting. the account. I had hardly ever used a computer in my life at that point. Yeah. I got the account because I was going to be on the road yeah, and yeah. just to sort of keep it better touch than a postcard and a hotmail yeah. account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. might have been mine too. I'm going to go look back now. <laughs> you know what? They they got so, rid yeah. of a lot of those. And you did. You ended up going back to school and I did. Yeah, and I also there. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, I I opened for you uh, in the back room at the Cameron House. It was me, Stief, yeah, and you. You had this sort of chubby punk rock guy yeah. playing technical drums that were way beyond his ability. Yes. 
and a really nice guy who might have been an animator yes, as well. Yes, who good played memory. keyboards. You're very sharp. And then you played guitar. He carried you on stage. You were wearing a wedding dress. Yeah, yeah. And I remember <laughs> pulling you aside <laughs> yes. after that show. Also, I took that gig with you, and I was like, uh, "Is he asking me to open for him ironically? Like, is it ironic that he's having this sort of sensitive singer-songwriter who plays piano, who's like?" 15 years older than <laughs> his, you know, his his other peers. Like, right. is that is that right. is he being ironic? Like, is it right. is it supposed to be funny? I'm, like, I wasn't sure, but I didn't really care. I'm, Nor did I. I've never. I've right, always. Right. I mean, my my thing has always been mm -hmm. um, our our musics aren't very similar at, at, at all. So our but personal I mean, sensibilities yeah, are probably yeah, you know, very similar and I, there's a mutual appreciation. There's a mutual love and appreciation yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, I mean, and and I talk to a lot of musicians about your work and your hmm. pen and the way you approach music and it's, uh, it's, um, I'm going to give, give one of these, eh? Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, do that. Okay. Just do the... Oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, maybe a clap would be good. No, we're, no. What we're doing here, no, <laughs> what we're doing here is we're trying, you guys, back, back listeners, uh, we're trying to get the eggs, uh, ordered. Directed this way. And I want to do the Mr. Mr. Roper Tinkerbell, <laughs> which has been my go-to. I feel Mr. Roper Tinkerbell. This is a, this is a Threes order. Company That's it. Yes, it's a Threes uh, Company reference. reference. Wow. And Good morning to as you. As opposed to a man about we the house. We were going to get some food reference. as well. Where are you? Yeah. We're going to go for it. Let us know if you're getting too warm. We can open this, okay? Oh, see, we're in your house. Chunks of, chunks of time. <laughs> chunks I'll of time. Of Thank you so much. No worries. I got another pot of coffee over there. I'll be back with that. Amen. I'll grab your order when I get okay. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Back to the point. I And I'm sharp this morning. It's all this coffee. Is uh, musicians about your work, Gordon. But we're going to interject now with a bit of an egg ordering. So let's let's yeah, yeah. allow this to just happen organically. All right, beautiful. You go first. Um, and this is on me, a la carte. Okay, so please treat yourselves. Could I have the tomato basil poached eggs, please? Oh, that's nice. Wow. Starting high on the hog here. We got a, we got a high expectations. Um, I'm going to get the Irish breakfast. You got it. How'd you like your eggs? Um, I'll get them. Can I get them poached? You sure can. I'll get this the poached medium. Poached medium. Yeah. It's a revolution. It's I the thought poached it was being original. Revolution. I thought, wait till they and find out what I'm ordering. <laughs> and I'll get uh, poached eggs. Now I'm the follower. <laughs> and I'll get sausage, please. That's so. a boy. That's a boy. All right. Number three. Son of a gun, man. So I just wanted to do, can you do the, uh, I'll just do two organic eggs. I'm going to improvise. Okay. Poached. Yeah. How and would a you bagel. Like what kind of a bagel do you do? We have a white bagel. <laughs> on a white bagel, <laughs> just on the side, with some butter. Some you butter. Got, have you ever had the Irish soda bread? Like it's amazing. Apparently, I mean, it's. it's, it's so Should good. I just it's, go for this then? It's yeah, the, 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 the religions actually. Okay, well, yeah. I, I can't have the tomatoes though. Does that wreck the whole thing if well, I don't it's, do? It's not a tomato. It's a tomato sauce. I could do sauce. Let's do it. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. I thought it was a raw tomato. No, it's a tomato basil sauce. Sweet yams. Basically marinara. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, breakfast. it's well basically done. like a vegetarian Italian egg spenny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I don't it's know like what I've done. It's like a poached egg on a piece of bread with cream? sauce Is there any cream it. or cheese in this? No. I don't okay, think good. so. 
But the, the soda bread's amazing. Okay, okay let's great. do this. I'm Ash excited. gave us actually like a kit, a soda kit. Really? Really? Right. Soda bread nice. kit. Where were we? So we were I talking about yeah, one more. I just want to finish off this Cameron story. Go ahead, please, story. please. So, Sorry. and this is the first time I've seen you play live at this point. Up until oh then, I'm, okay. I've got to think, uh, so you had Student Yats, Diarrhea of a Lawnmower, yeah. uh, and then was Anal, Assa Anal Assassins would have been by then. That was the first CD I put under yeah. uh, Ditch. Yeah, okay, and that's like yeah. 98, yeah. 97, something like that. 96, okay. Almost so 20 years ago. 94, yeah. Wow, wow. Okay, so, so those are out. I've never Sorry. seen you play live. I've only heard your recordings. 20 years ago. Which you mostly made on your own, right? Right. This, these guys didn't play on your recordings. No. And I remember taking you aside afterwards and saying, you are great, but you need better musicians to play this music. Okay. This music is, I mean, these guys are trying their best, they're doing the best that they can, but they're not up to the task. You need to work with, and it wasn't too long after that that the, all can, the Canadian All-Stars. Right. Uh, where did you record sure. that? Live? In a, in a, in a town hall. A town hall. Yeah, okay. So. There, I've got, I was just trying to figure out, because I always yeah, tell people, oh, I don't know she was 15 years old, and then I was like, well, you might have been older than that, so you weren't too much older than that. But. Yeah, yeah, like I started playing guitar around when I was 10, and then, and then, uh, with this weirdo music I didn't get into until I met you, like, around that same time, when yeah. I met you, and you just kind of said, like, this is Frank Zappa. And, oh, nice, nice. And this is I do Tom remember, Waits, I remember you know, laying, um, some Carl Stalling yes, on you, yes, because uh, that that CD compilation had just been released, and I, Damn, I was like, man. I was going ape shit over it. I have and a I question. Could, uh -huh. Yeah. So, so you, what, you were you're older than Rich. by a long shot. I don't know how old you are. How old are you? 30, I just turned thirty-eight, fresh. Okay, so I'm twelve years. <clears> twelve years. Yeah. So, you're looking at his his band at the time, and you're like, these musicians are not technically matching the, the the material yeah the material where what like how did you get to a place to recognize that because I find things like that are often like you need to be pretty seasoned and pretty like educated maybe technically, I guess to understand if someone's just not I'm, matching up technically. at this point I'm 35 years old I've been playing music since I was 15 right I've been in all manner of bands right. and and I You've thought I'm, I'm, a lot on the subject. I'm you know? one of those guys who, like, I mean, I was getting looked at. I had production deals with companies that fell through. I had oh, got a big manager from New York. Mm. Oh, I'm going to get you a record deal. You're yeah. going to be signed in six months. And, yeah. and I was going after that because that's what I understood. Right? Yeah. Um, so I've been around okay, for so. 20 years at that point, kind of slugging it out. And, um, and I mean, at the first stuff Rich played me, I, I said to him, I said, this is not the kind of music I normally listen to. Right, I remember that. But it I is, remember But that. it is very, very good. Right? That's I recognized exactly what that you it was, said. Yeah. Damn. Which, and the funny thing is that I don't know if my tastes progressed or if your approach progressed, but at some point, like I think after, uh, I, after uh, with repeated listening, Mm. Uh, and also, my taste didn't change a bit. I was very sort of focused on singer-songwriter songs. Right. And right. it was that rolling it over like John Bon Jovi was the right, line right. that sort of 
what's barbershop? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what it's called? Barber chair, barbershop? Barber chair. Barber chair pulled. That's right. Good memory. Yeah, I mean, that, so, that, all that material has gone in a vault. I don't even know where well, it I is. I only ever it's had it on online. a cassette. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. There's a few releases I d I've done that are buried, but uh, that's cool, man. That's Your yeah. mind is like... I needed doing it at night. You're well, preserving your like everything well, no, is I up needed, there. I needed to go through it with you because I never had before, and I okay. was, was not exactly certain of years. And and the thing is, that's a new experience for me in the last okay. five years. I used to have, I was so often right in a debate about when something happened yep. that when I was wrong, there was no way I could handle it. It was like, it was like, it was like nine hundred and ninety-nine times out of a thousand. Yeah. I'd be having a discussion with someone. I'd say, no, it was this time, and they'd be like, no, it wasn't. And we, you know, have to go find the ticket stub or whatever it was, yeah. and work it out. I was like so often completely right about that that when I was wrong and had yeah. the location wrong yeah. or the date or the time, it shocked me. Because you become so confident. If you're right most of the time, you become very confident that you're... On your brain and I am, you I am always yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, sure. never wrong. Sure. So That's so dangerous. What yeah. I'm finding now at this, in the last five years, I feel like my memory is, has uh, either weakened or diverged in another direction or... Or, or it's not as important to me. Like, it used to be very important to me to remember people's names and yeah, yeah. phone number, memorize things. Yeah. And uh, nowadays... Actually, you can't pack it all in, though. Nowadays, it's all I can do to remember my own songs. Good. I, I think like, you're prioritizing. Even, even when I do cover gigs, I have to use charts. I cannot remember the words and chords to other people's songs. It's like... How many songs have you written? Right, oh, uh, ballpark. Gosh, um, like not like just any song, right? When you like, when we had breakfast last, you gave me like uh, you said what the, the making of of the record that you're about to release, right? Almost stranger than, almost science fiction. Almost science fiction. Almost, almost stranger, stranger than, than science fiction. fiction. Yeah, <laughs> um, almost science fiction. Yeah. You said you gave Lee from the record label, uh, like 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 what? 50 songs? 100 like, songs, like, probably. 100 songs, just um, like that. But, but now, with no, like, just, I had, Here what, they are. what had happened is, I had divest, all my, all my demos were on cassettes, and I had divested myself of those at some point. I went through a sort of purging stage where I just did not keep much of anything. Okay. Even photographs, I digitized them all and threw the photographs away, like. Okay. Like, okay. I just didn't want to keep shit and carry shit around sure. with me, because there's, when you when you're a musician, there's so much crap. Like I've got a drum set and a piano and a PA, and and yeah. you've got to have your stereo. And I like records, which take up a lot of room. And I have big old early '80s speakers. That do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I can't afford to be collecting tchotchkes and mm -hmm. and my report cards from grade five and my swimming trophies and my hockey trophies and et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. And so I was just getting rid of a bunch of stuff. I had one friend who had been like an avid fan of mine who would make a dub every time okay. I had a collection of songs. I would, you know, you'd want to play them for somebody. And, yeah. and yeah. he was yeah. like really good supportive friend all the way along, always liked everything he did and gave you constructive criticism. But he had most of my stuff on cassette in his crawl space somewhere. And another friend of mine, I had given the tapes that I still had to, because he was a he collects everything. Yeah. So and I had sort of just forgotten about it and just thought, fuck it, I 
I don't need to ever listen to this material again. And it's not anything that I really am probably going to play or whatever. I'm generating new material. That's nothing ever happened with that stuff. So I don't need to hear it or yeah. have it or own it. And then uh, it was a friend's 50th birthday, and I had sung on his demo that he used to get into fan shop. Okay, okay. Uh, so I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could find that and put it on a CD and give that to him? Because I bet he doesn't have a copy of it either, and it's sort of, you know, yeah. it's like 30 years later, a little more than 30 years later, right? So Yeah. And it's and it's it's cute. I would play that song for someone and say, oh, yeah. here's something I did when I was 18. It's yeah. kind of, you know, I'm not embarrassed of it. It's like, it's not well recorded, but it's an interesting... It's interesting little, you know, demo we made in his living room. Uh, the first time both of us using a four-track cassette machine. You know? It's interesting though because I, like, I'm not a musician, but I, I have like spent a lot of time around musicians, and I find a lot of them don't when they find recordings from like ten years previous, or even like mm -hmm. when people talk about their last album, mm -hmm. because I think there's something about being a musician of improving always yep sure a lot of musicians have a hard time listening to or well, they listen to it to learn it you know what if, it, oh I'm gonna play like the Stones yeah, yeah 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 when they're rehearsing they get copies of all their records yeah. and they get copies of all the music books yeah. okay. as well they gotta right? relearn their crap they, they yeah. use their own like yeah, they use like a yeah. Rolling Stones yeah. uh, uh, you know the chart book the tab the, yeah. the, the, totally. in the proper key tab books yeah. And uh, was, and and yeah. okay, like we're gonna play this song off Exile on Main Street, which we've yeah. never played live. Yeah, we recorded that record in 1972. Okay, haven't played it since the studio. Yeah, possibly yeah, 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 yeah. You're we're, forgiven. We're often case. you play a really great song in the studio, and if you only play it there, it's like it's yeah. lost. Like it's, yeah, right. that's it, yeah. right? Because yeah, because I think you do a bit of a memory dump on right. stuff. That, right. I'm always fascinated by that because I've been talking about re-releasing that cassette, the Student Yes cassette. I'm digitizing ah, it and I'm just going to give it away in a couple of months. I would take a digital copy of Diary of a Lawnmower for sure. I should do that too. You're yeah. right. But can you listen to it? The and thing go is, I have it. I never look back. I never listen back. But when I do, I'm always like, holy shit, I would never, like, like I'm talking, that's 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. At least, yeah, yeah. It's 20 years ago, and I, I, I think, oh my god, like, I can't go back to that place creatively. I don't, I, I know how I made it. Like, I, I know the gear that I had. Sure. I know the, you know, naked in my parents' basement. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. crafting a lot of that crap, right? Yeah. And it's like, I'd never be able to go back there now. Which is sad in a and way, too. Into, into that creative process. To that, be like, what the, in the fuck world. was I thinking yeah. with all the oh. gear? You know, I was recording on a little four track. I said, like, a, sure, that's another different thing. state of mind, the all gear, that. Like, the musicians and their gear, there's a part of that, like, not being able to listen is like, I just didn't have the right stuff then. So, like, if I had had this, I would have been able to do it like this, but I, I only had this. I, it, so I don't look back with a, a ear of regret. I look back with an ear of fascination. Like, right. holy shit, that's me 20 years ago. I would never be able to do that now. Same guy, mm -hmm. same, like, even if you had all the same gear, I think that's recording, right? Like, that's see, the by, beauty of by recording. By the time I'm in my early 20s, maybe 23 years old, uh -huh. my sort of approach is reasonably established. And I would say there, there's a song on the record that I wrote when I was 23. Wow, and I, and I don't know sure, that you sure. should necessarily separate it wow. from the material that I wrote the year before we made the record or whatever. You know, that's the thing. So it's so like a long. This is what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I got so I got all these cassette demos just with the idea of getting these two songs 
to yes. give to my buddy. Yes. And so I got that done, but then I had all the cassettes. So I was like, well, fuck it, I might as well just like make digital copies of this stuff. And found a lot of material that I had sort of forgotten about or disregarded because of when it was made because there you know there's a lot of material from up until I'm 23 years old 24 years old that just like I it's it's like it's embarrassing it's like naked baby pictures right okay it's got (laughs) that your voice is fun now and remember too I'm trying to make I'm I'm coming up sort of post-punk right and I love British, all the current British music. And you had that tinge in all of it. Like, exactly. That's where you and, come from. And right? that was yeah. what I was all my, you know, like my, my first original band that did anything was called Regatta, which like Regatta de Blanc is the name of the second police album. Okay. And we were a trio and we loved the police and we incorporated reggae and ska okay. into the music. And we know we're trying to make a commercial kind of new wave music with a punky kind of aspect to it right you know so listening to that stuff is like I'd play that to someone for for amusement like I would love to hear that my my girlfriend yeah when I was digitizing it just loved it Mm -hmm. because it was like me at 15 oh my god yeah that type of music is also yeah yeah. back that that but this was not this was not great this was not (laughs) this is not something (laughs) where you go back yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. I guess so. This is this is something <laughs> is probably, within three years of making it. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. don't ever play yeah. that for me again. Kind so of thing. So back to it. How many songs? How many songs have you? Oh, total. Like, yeah, Let, let's ballpark. Well, here's the thing. Uh, once I got That's right into songwriting it is, around it? the age of 23, yeah, is where it sort of started to come together for uh-huh. me. Where I started to feel like, oh, I have an interesting way to say some things and some interesting ideas that are story. Like I discovered Raymond. Carver around then, mm-hmm. so that really had a huge impact on my approach to writing lyrics. Okay. Yeah, just with the, the most brilliant short story writer mm-hmm. ever. I haven't read every short story writer, but I just feel like he's got to be. He's yeah, up there. I don't even bother. In the 20th century. I would no almost rather reread one of his stories than read another short story written by someone else who might be almost as good. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And the way you approach lyric writing is like, that's why I, I, I really admire your work in so many regards, but that's one of them. Like the, your approach to lyrics, I know if I'm listening to a, one of your tunes, it's like, all right, like you've given it the, you know what I mean? It's like you've given it the time and effort sure. it deserves. And, and that's sometimes the, I feel I don't. That's like the I first just, thing you know. that I ever got an, a compliment from someone who I really admired. I, yeah? Ian Thomas, do you know who that is? Sorry? Ian Thomas. Mm-hmm. He's a Canadian singer-songwriter. Yeah, yeah. I believe, I don't know if he's, I think he's the younger brother of Dave Thomas, That's but right. he might be the older brother. I'm uh, not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the birthday order is there. But um, I managed to meet him when I was around 21 years old. Okay. And he would have me up to his place and listen to my demos and wow. read the lyrics. And, wow. And, you know, advise me on how to improve my songwriting very effectively advised me too because the first time I went to see him he was like most of this stuff is really shitty and no one had ever said that to me before either right yeah this is a guy I really respect I need that sometimes and yeah yeah and and he didn't say it to be cruel he was just those were the facts and he said 
but these four songs, there's something interesting in there. I can't tell you what it is, but these really four, cool. yeah. I think probably have played them eight or ten songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These four, there's something interesting going on. Mm -hmm. You know, next time you have a bunch of songs, please come back, and I'm glad to. And Isn't that very nice? kind to me? Uh, and then just got to the point where I felt like I developed enough so that I didn't need to go and sit at the feet of the master. I really admire anymore. that kind of. Um, Mentorship, but he didn't you know, happen, me, he you know? know me from Adam. I'm that's some, what's so like, cool. I was a friend of a friend who was the sister of a boy who was friends with her son. Okay, that was, there you go. That was there you how go. the that's how it happened. That's how it happened. And he said, Yeah, send him over. He didn't know me from Adam. I'm not even from their town, he lives in Hamilton area. Great. And uh, and I'm coming from Brampton or Toronto at the time. I can't remember yeah. where I was living, but you know what I found you know. in music, and 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 uh, I suffer from it myself periodically when I ha I have a bit of a spider sense of like, no, this person's a creep, right? I don't like. Oh, okay, you know, sure. People people pitch like I'm. You're constantly pitching your shit to people that like, hey, hey, listen to this tune, right? And. Uh, you see that, like people who are at different levels in their career, sometimes, sometimes they don't respond. If they respond, it's like they're trying to be polite and supportive. Sure. But if they open up their their home and say, "Come on in," yeah, I mean, that's super. Without cool. ever having met me, just yeah. because of the connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He had yeah. me out to his house, and like, and he, and this is at a time when I'm sort of, I'm still, like, I thought I was fairly sophisticated by this by age 21 yeah. but you look back and you realize that you you know you don't know really shit. weren't that yeah, yeah, sophisticated yeah. yeah but I mean I was living I've lived on my own and lived kind of rough and done rock and roll had that rock and roll lifestyle yeah and, yeah uh, so you know felt kind of worldly and whatnot but I could be viewed as a bit sketchy right mm -hmm. Uh, right, you know, and, and I mean, longer, you know, I'm kind yeah, of raggedy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't have any money. I don't even drive. I have to get someone to drive me there. Wow. Right. Wow. Um, but like, yeah. it takes me into a studio. It's got a studio on his property, which that, like, when I was growing up, that was like your dream if you're a right. musician to have enough right. money to build your own yeah. studio, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you don't. Thank you. you don't necessarily need to do that anymore. That looks great. Whoa. Thank you so much. Whoa, whoa. You're welcome. Okay. There Here. it is. There's some homemade strawberry jam. Nice. Do you want hot sauce or any of the other good stuff? I would I love would some hot please. sauce and ketchup, and too. Thank okay, you. We'll probably need... Oh, awesome. What about cutlery? You stencils, probably, too, yeah. eh? Yeah, that'd be good. We'll do yeah, that. That looks pretty good. You know, that wow, good that, this looks serious. Now, he's dumped, he's dumped the food in front of us, and it's... Uh, it for those really listeners good. at home, this is industry tactics right here. You right. can smell it. That's where eggs hope to go when they're born. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Nice line. Nice Thank line. Thank you so much. I don't think we have any cutlery either. Do we? Oh do, do we? Uh, <laughs> we took the table. We should. Oh, you, you just get one, guys. So yeah, take exactly, a bite, exactly. Pass Gordon, it enjoy on, your meal. Yeah. We need to learn to share. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a ger germaphobe's, germaphobe's nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Just, here, pass the fork. God damn it! Oh boy. Uh, thanks, go. man. Awesome. Thank you so no much. No problem. Enjoy. I'm not this. Yeah, you so, weren't kidding. So it's beginning. Nice. All right, guys. The choice so, got even better. So anyways, yeah, that, that was a long sort of... You, you edit this thing, right? Wait. No. Oh, really? We should mention no, no. that we don't edit this, okay. this conversation. All right. So keep uh, that in mind when crying. I have not been editing myself at all, so I no, apologize. No, good, good. If, uh, no, no. 
should have mentioned that earlier, but the okay. kids at home are still listening. And you know what? <laughs> Stop listening right now because I'm going to eat a potato. <laughs> Yeah, I want to I hear this through my headphones. You want to hear the potato uh, munch? No. It's going to sound like yeah. nothing. That Irish toast. Uh, there it is. Irish soda bread. Irish soda bread, okay? Soda Papinski, for those of you listening. I feel so, I feel like um, it's probably a poverty dish. I find that okay. things that get taken as a cultural staple totally. are usually yep. eaten or made because of... Oh, man. Um, and then they become... On they, Vogue, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. this is a little Vogue. Yeah, like the, you know, like the poached eggs. You go, you can go to some like southern, yeah, uh, like and get like like a, a like a soul food place, like say Harlem Underground or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself some fancy grits, but like. Uh, Gordon, it's been a long time since we've egged. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure it's to be here. Year, actually, yeah. I think. yeah. The years go by so fast. Don't well, they? apparently, eh? Yeah. One year doesn't seem like much. Um, no, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I just shot no. egg at you. Did you? Oh, jeez. No. Uh, the worst part is, um, like, I mean, there's some people who I've known most of my life who I may see once every couple of years or, you know, once a year or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't really feel the passage of time that much with them, except if they have children. Because mm-hmm. I'm used to always thinking of the, the kid mm-hmm. as like a child, preschool age, anywhere from baby to preschool like age. Mm-hmm. And then when you meet them and they're adults and they have their own children, mm-hmm. it's definitely that, that's like a that's like sort of stepping through a portal. <laughs> you feel you sort of you feel the patch of it's like you feel it all at once. You feel like yeah. 20 years go by or whatever you know. Whoa. And even in the short term, yeah. if someone has a, a newborn and then you don't see them for a year, which happens a lot, you mm-hmm. see a friend once every yeah. year or so. Yeah. But then you see their kid and is 18 months old and they're walking around and talking and you're like, holy cow. When was the last time I saw what you? I yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you notice it a bit more with people who've had children. Like, if you see their children all the time, I have some friends who like, I see their, I don't see their kids. Like we get together adult time mm-hmm. they're they they're t- they're like having time off from their kids at that point so, <laughs> so I don't notice it, it as much with them necessarily yeah because things aren't that different like you don't you know past a certain age it seems to me that you don't change that much you know year to year generally yeah oh yeah I'm in, I'm in egg heaven. This is uh, warm, mm-hmm. eh? <laughs> it's good. It's good. The, the soda Papinski bread here is really doing a, a, a number on me. Oh, yeah. If you um, like hot sauce, this hot sauce is nice, too. No, I better not. better not. It's bad for you? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I feel like I'm letting my people down. I love it. I love the trip at Sension, <laughs> the whole bit, but it, it really gets me, like, my stomach can't handle it these days. That makes for good listening at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. glad, yeah. Bummer. People well, are interested in that kind of crap, right? If you were to go to the washroom with the mic on, oh, that now that, that would be good radio podcast. Gordon, what um, are, are you are you excited about? I want to get back to your release because I, I listened oh, yeah. to it last weekend, and thank you for hand delivering it to oh, me. Oh, my pleasure. I, I was interested to see what you thought because I'm I'm very pleased with it. Uh, yeah, how excited I'm, are you? I'm, I'm really excited I'm for really you. Happy with, with yeah, it. and the the process. Yeah. 
which like old school. Lee yep. Aslan from the label. Yep. Did old school A and R. He um, went. He went through my demos, artist and repertoire. Yeah, this A&R is something that hasn't only really been relevant probably since the late '80s. Right, right. There was that one famous A and R man who uh, was. I, I guess he must have been at Geffen, and long hair, mm-hmm. kind of a heavy set guy, kind of talked funny. Um, uh, who A and R'd sort of Aerosmith back into the top 40 and they used him in the dude looks like a lady oh. video and he's in a bunch of oh. music documentaries from the time but oh wow so Lee like an old school A&R guy went through the demos picked the songs and picked the sequence and said this is how and, and he, had, he had he chose one song that I was like I would rather not do that song do you mind saying and which tune um, it's a song I like I just um it didn't fit, maybe, in your head? Uh, no, I, I kind of felt like there was something similar to it there already, yeah. and I, okay. I preferred something a little bit different. Yep. So I said, you know, what's your... And he had backup choices, right? And I said, what? It, give me your next choice for a song in the same spot. Yeah. Kind of thing. We won't change the sequence. We just, what's a song that fits in that spot? Let's take that one out. I would, I'd like to prefer to approach that song at a later date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he picked, you know, he picked a different song to go in the spot, and uh, and then it was just like on. So we just kind of it works. Got it together. It works. And I, the thing that struck me the most is well, a the attention to production. I think the production is excellent on James Paul. Yeah. And we okay. have to give Lee a shout out. He produced um, the first track, almost on fiction. Okay. Um. And then B, it's your your voice, man. Oh. Like it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole thing. I know what I'm getting into when I when I hear one of your records, right? I'm expecting like I'm gonna read along. I'm gonna mm-hmm. read along with the lyrics. And uh, but it's uh, I find I, I I was actually surprised at a couple of the tunes in your approach lyric with uh, your voice vocally? with oh, yeah okay. with your voice. And, Interesting. Uh, I thought, okay, man, wow, Gordon, like you're a, there's, it's a deep, there's, I don't know, man, I just think, I love the way you approach your work, I always have, I think I'm not blowing smoke, but I I think uh, I really love the way you, you, you you know, I wish I could inject it into my work, because I don't really take pride in, (laughs) listen, where we're different is, I, I find when I'm approaching a tune or or a, a project, I'm trying to I'm just committed to trying to get it done, and I I think we approach it differently. And I think you're well, not that you're not trying to get it done. We're all mm-hmm. going towards the same end game, but you you're a craftsman with the the work, and I'm if you saw like a set of cupboards that I had built, it would hold Is the uh, tortoise and the hair type situation. What do you mean? I haven't read that one. Slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady wins the race, and you're kind of the hair. The hair takes off fast. He's way. Yeah, I feel like I'm dying of a heart attack when it's all done. done. Yeah, and then the turtle. You ever think about how how are you going to pass away? You ever think about it? I think I'm dying of a heart attack. I think I'm dying of a heart attack. You had four cups of coffee. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, but I mean that that for me that's like I I there was a period where I was pretty sure I was going to die by cutting my jugular cord myself. 
No, cutting it on purpose. But aside from that, I haven't really thought about how I'm going to die. Okay, let's let's not. But I mean, I, no, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, like you're talking about done. thinking about how you're going to die. That's, well, yeah, no, that, that's that's I'll, the only real sort of thought I thought have you've about, put towards it about no. death. And other than that, I just I hope it's quickened in my sleep. I don't really <laughs> care. <laughs> you don't have yeah. There's that long drawn out process that I watch sometimes. Yeah. Makes me yeah makes me yeah. wonder. It really yeah, me makes too. me wonder. <laughs> You know, the reason why I brought that up is because I feel like I go so fast with all the stuff. Because you're trying to, you're trying to get it done before you die, is that then? I don't have death in the back of my mind. Oh, it's okay. just, I, I guess it's just, it might be the damn goddamn coffee, but it is a thing where I'm, I'm I feel I'm so, I'm almost well, too fast require, with some of the, Maybe you, know? you require, do, do you give yourself a deadline before you start a project? Often enough, yeah, it's okay. We're, so, we're going into the studio, so in order where to make you know it people happen. are waiting. I've got people booked or whatever, yeah. and that helps push it. I and which I don't okay. think is a bad thing. I think I meet the deadlines, and yeah. I'm proud of all the work. It's just when I when I look at your your output and what you've done, I, I always think of there's a record that's still yet released, uh, that's not yet released, right? Right, right. Sunday, Sunday morning, morning record. record that you played for me once at your place and mm -hmm. it blew my mind and I've only heard you live perform it but you're I know you're taking time in doing it right and there's just a different kind of speed and approach to a lot of this stuff that I, I want to learn from that's right. all well I, I just think the the thing is you just produce less the way that I do it sure I don't know that you necessarily but, produce better it's right like, it's like think of um, I don't know if you I Leonard Cohen tells a story about uh, I can't remember what the songs are, but uh, yeah, but he's like playing a song that he wrote for Bob Dylan, and and he's like, and and Leonard's like, oh, I got this one done pretty quick. It only took me two weeks. How long did it take you to write X, whatever yeah, amazing yeah. Bob Dylan song? Right. He, he's talking about it's one of the it's one of the ones that you know it's a it's like the classic killer sure. Dylan song. How long did it take you to write that? Yeah. Right yeah. in the back of a cab in five minutes. Fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Leonard Cohen takes years, though. Yeah, yeah. He's not, Does he? He's not yeah. prolific. Yeah, any, any, he's, he's not... background. He's not... Mm. Well, I, don't, I think he's also not necessarily, or wasn't necessarily that confident. Right. Okay. Right? So, but he take he labors and labors and labors over... Over the lyric, I feel like. I don't even feel like he labors too much over the melody <laughs> and the chords. Or, right. the, or we'd have more interesting melodies and chords <laughs> yeah. Leonard Cohen songs, which that may be blasphemy to say, but I, I love Leonard Cohen's songs. But I don't think his I don't think his I don't think his melodies and chords are really all that. Yeah, you and I have spoken about like if someone were to were it's to very, give him it's a very traditional one four five kind totally. of very rooted in basic North American folk music, and 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 sometimes the production falls a little short. Um, well, oh. I mean, we've spoken about that. Yeah, right? he has a taste for cheesy synths and drum machines that I don't understand exactly. Yeah, yeah. Does he still <laughs> use those? Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I just heard a track recently from the new one. Yeah, yeah. but I don't remember what the orchestration was because the thing is, I didn't notice how weird this orchestration was mm -hmm. until I really knew the album. Do you know what I mean? Like if you like if, uh, early on, he's, it sounds like '60s pop folk production, right? So mm -hmm. that's pretty mm -hmm. standard sounding. Once he gets into that synthy, and some of those are his, like "Dance Me to the End of Love." What a Whoa. amazing song! Whoa, yeah. But 
but listen, like it's, it sounds like it was played on a Von Tempe organ, right? With right. The, with the going, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not. Yeah. It works. It does. But it works in spite of itself, I think, as opposed that's, to that's well works because it's got cheesy drum machine and mm -hmm. you know '80s production. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not even great '80s production, like. It's not, we're not talking my land here, we're talking, I don't know right, what. Right, right, right. But it, but it has a sort of a European, almost, I always imagine, like, whoever, like, made those records with him loves Eurovision. <laughs> right? That's what it makes me think of. And I'm t when I stop, say Eurovision, I'm talking 70s Eurovision, like, not... Yeah, right. Throughout the ages. <laughs> That's where Eurovision kind of stops for me, because I never paid attention to it after the 70s. Yeah, and some I, I loved Abba, who became famous because they won a Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. Like then Bowie actually competed in a Eurovision. He didn't win, but early in his career, he was a That's Eurovision fascinating artist. Stuff, so, eh? yeah. So I mean, Abba yeah. to me is one of the greatest pop groups that of all time. No one sounded like them. No one wrote like them. Abba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, no one orchestrated stuff like that. Good work. Like, Good work. No one sounds like them. And there's a real division there, eh? Like a lot of you talk to a lot. It's of not cool. No, it's no, no, cheesy. No, no. There's right. it's cheesy right. pop music, yeah. and the and their English is kind of funny. The, yeah. It's not. They don't write the lyrics. It's a one. Yeah. Of, it's a guy they knew who wrote the lyrics. Okay. But, but some some of the translations are kind of funny. Like I don't know sure. if he wrote in. Swedish and then translated it, or if that was just his mastery of the English language. But there's some funny lyrics yeah. that are not—they're not trying to be funny, but they're funny because they just have a weird sort of. They're the lyrics of someone who's who is not an English major, right? Mm -hmm. I always thought of ABBA mm -hmm. had a different name and didn't wear the clothes they wear. They wore a lot more people. No, the, yeah, but yeah. they wouldn't have been <laughs> they wouldn't have the been. best showing. <laughs> right, 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 right. And rebranding the first Swedish, <laughs> the first yeah. and only Swedish supergroup I can think of. I don't think it's yeah. been a sweet. I guess unless you want to count Roxette. Right. Okay. Well, maybe. Mm -hmm. No. I don't think they're Swedish. Like but a slide order. Max Martin. I guess he's a supergroup unto himself, right? <laughs> yeah. You know Max Martin. No, not well. Professional songwriter from Sweden. Okay. Has written like. A huge majority of any top 40 hit in the last really? 20 years is written by Max Martin. He works with everybody. Oh, any, wow. like, I th I, but I don't know who they are. Like, NSYNC, he, he okay. co-wrote some of the new Taylor Swift album. Okay, okay. He's, like, okay. he's worked yeah. with way too many people for me. And it's, it's people who I'm not really interested in their music kind of thing. Yeah. My dream job, mm -hmm. baseball, Go ahead. usually baseball manager Good. the team. Good, good. And like a songwriter who writes songs for artists, like oh. you get to wake up in your PJs, go into your living room, and write and record, and then give it to Britney Spears and be like, "There you go, I'll cash my check." For the next <laughs> X <many> yeah. Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and nobody needs to know who I no am. No one knows who like, I that's am. That's the best part. I, it's like the working from home. But well, you know, you can just say that, right? Creativity and also like you, they do write really great songs. They that, do. That then sure. Probably they on do. the production side, get like mangled and turned around but do you like some of that Britney Spears stuff like the uh, um, toxic I could listen to it to get and to enjoy it. it probably yeah but 
Yeah. It's not something I seek out. No, um, I mean, you find Lady better. Lady Gaga, for example, was one yeah. of those songwriters. She wrote songs for people. And Is that right? She was like, she could sing, and then they were like, let's get her going. Let's take it a little step I, further. I feel like she's head and shoulders above most yeah. Oh, yeah, for pop sure. artists who for are sure. out there right now. Now, I don't yeah. own any other records or anything like that. Sure. And you can't. Ignore. You're watching from afar. You can't ignore how charming yeah. she is. Like yeah. I've watched her being interviewed so many times, yeah. and she's charismatic and charming as hell. Yeah. So that plays into it. That immediately makes me want to listen to her music and like it, right? Yeah. She was a dope. And now has entered the the heiress of the George Street ah. Diner. This is excellent. Ash. This Most is excellent. Gordon. Gordon. You know us. You know us. Thank you. Oh, my hands are so full of coffee sweat. You want to do fine. this? Let's do I'm, it. I'm clean. <laughs> Did that feel good? Let me give you a creepier <laughs> handshake. Isn't that great? <laughs> well, I'm glad you're cold. It's going good. Beautiful. We had a. You're in the. You're on the podcast. Thank you for hosting. Those eggs were something else. They were dynamite. I'm meant to curse like that. Yeah, it's all right. Did you hear that? Who? Yeah, you said, oh, fuck. Yeah, we just heard about Oh, you're allowed to curse. Oh, yeah. we are. Yeah, we're it's cursing. Yeah, they didn't, this they is not the CBC. They didn't tell me until about a half hour in that they that we're not editing. editing. Yeah, I was not. I was speaking as if I thought it was going to be editing. Oh. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Uh, this is not the CBC. That's for goddamn sure. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, oh, God love you. God love you. You know what I also liked about this food? What? Perfect portion. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect not portion. Too much. Did you overeat? I can't tell if I overate or not. I always eat everything on my dish. You're Except like that tomato. Sure, I, right? gen- I no. generally do. Because okay, I think there is dairy in the soda bread. Oh, really? Oh, I'll be okay. I'm not that bad. It's cream will send okay. me running. Yeah. Gotcha. Cream in the hot stuff. It'll send me running. So, Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, what about the commitment to? a guy like James Paul or other musicians that you've been kind of just growing old with over the years and your work. James Paul is a producer here in town. I've been working with him and some, they're very, I may have recorded like once on something on a project. Yeah. My own project. I recorded on other people's projects where James wasn't involved. But I did one two-day session with um, Jose Contreras. Okay, yeah. With the house plants. Yep. Which I have that stuff sort of ready to go. With I've heard that stuff. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and um, then uh, I made a record in 2000 that I started in Calgary with a different uh, engineer, but okay. came back to Toronto and did a bunch of stuff with James. Yeah. So I mean, I try to get him involved in pretty much anything I'm working with. Yeah, I I see that. I am not an audiophile. I like it when things sound good, and I like it when um, I don't have to think about what's going on technically, and I don't have to wait around if there's a problem like. Right. It's, yeah. It's so he makes it work for me in terms of like I'm not a million takes guy. If okay. I'm, I I want to get the tune, ideally by the third take, I'll take it to six or seven if I think we're close. Yeah. But if I've gotten to seven and I don't have a take, song is done. Wow. Right. Or that for that 
session that song is gone. Like, right. I'll come okay. back to that song. Okay. Like, forward, but yeah. like, because I want that energy. I don't want it to sound overworked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just from my own point of view, and I also I try to get vocals while I'm recording in my beds. Now I. I I don't often get a, a finished take, yeah. but you know, like I've made some records where like half the tunes, the vocal that's there, the lead vocal, is the vocal I put down when we were laying the piano on, on in the beds. Right. right, right. And I like that aspect. I, I mean, you can screw with it from here to eternity after that, you yeah. might add whatever you want, mess with it however you want yeah. uh, in terms of effects and things like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I but just clearly the, the two of you guys. But I don't think I don't think people I don't think people necessarily notice the difference, but I notice it means something to me. And I mean, clearly you two have a. You're kind of in. It's 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 more important almost than a than a band kind of relationship in a way, right? It's like you've well, yeah, I've been through, through like bands and solo projects. And right. he's, he's the constant, right? He's yeah. the constant. Yeah. So like, That's he's really cool sort of me. my... I mean, we haven't done any songwriting or anything together, but I mean, he's recorded Great. and produced the majority of songs that I've written since 1992. You know? So mutual respect. Yeah, I mean... And... Collaborator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's and awesome. we're friends as well, right? Sure. Now, we didn't start that as helped. friends. And I have to admit that one of the first things I said to him as I was getting to know him was this I met him in 1990 yeah. the very first monkey trial gig we were opening oh. for a band I played drums in called uh-huh. Bory Grove and uh, it was our it was monkey trial's first gig I think we played like four songs we didn't have a drummer so we were doing like a folky style thing yeah and uh, and at the end of that night he was like oh you should come and record at my house sometime right and so I mean, you meet people, and 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 they'd say stuff like that to you, and I never would take it that seriously because lots of people promise you things yep, yep. or say really nice things to you that they may mean at the time, but it slips their mind immediately. Yeah. Afterwards. And so uh, you know, eventually I ended up going to his place to record with him, and 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 I just found him to be, he was very, very nice to me, like in a way that I don't know that I'd necessarily experienced from someone who I didn't know from childhood kind of thing. Yeah. And I said to him at one point, I said, are you for real, James? Like, like, are you messing with me? Or like, are, are you this nice? And the funny thing was he said, well, I'm not this nice to everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, you got it. You got <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I, every time I've spoken to James about you and your work, it's like, it's we're on the same. You know what I mean? Like yep. he's, he just, uh, there's a, yeah. I mean, a long time. There's a deep, rich kind of love for your work right. there. That's really kind of. He, likes me, he doesn't have a problem saying that's not working. Yeah, or he, you're at a he's going to help you get there. Yeah, yeah. You might want to try this a little differently or whatever. Like, it's there's, you know. And he no must have trouble. really great ways of directing you too while you're doing like like you know suggestion wise I'm sure yeah right? yeah yeah very very shorthand too like okay you know, just like oh do this I can give you like a and it's a spot it's like a millisecond of like just emphasize it's just just like this and it's gonna because you sometimes get stuck on something 
and he just can see them very quickly. Yeah. And also he understands that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do twenty or forty or however many vocal takes. I don't want to uh, I don't wanna pe generally piece something together out of bits and pieces which I've done and working with other people in sure. the studio before I knew James, right? Where they were they would record like 10 vocal takes and just comp the track out of, you know, just take the best bits. But to me, I mean, sometimes it sounded great. Sometimes it, it sounded perfect, but not very lively. You know what I mean? Sense. Didn't sound like a performance. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I prefer that it sounds like a performance, even if you're taking, you know, a chorus from take three and the verses from take one and the yeah. outro from take two or whatever. Like it's got it. It's mostly it's chunks of performance, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. like, oh, okay, these two words were really good in this take, and then this yeah. word is really good in this. Like, I can't imagine. You've like had people do that though. You. Uh, not not quite to that extent. But that does prior happen. to prior to digital editing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would what you would do is record a bunch of takes, and they would sort of figure out and just switch back and forth Thank between you. the tracks. Like sure. Thanks. A little bit more. Thank you. And. Um, and uh, like apparently Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers, I mean, when they're making a record, he comes in and sings down like five takes for each tune and then a couple of technicians get in there and cut it all together to make the ideal performance. That's what I've been told. I'm, right. I've been there for it, so I don't know. Yeah. Him. Thank you. But he's not a great singer in general. Like, he doesn't have great pitch and whatnot. I mean, I don't care personally, but I guess to make it sound radio-friendly or more appealing, they take a little time, do a little bit of auto-tuning here or there, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. you know, make it sound like a strong pop vocal. Yeah. It's got a strong voice, it's got a yeah. really yeah. nice character to his voice, nice phrasing, and I mean, what he's trying to do melodically is good, you know, but he's just probably not the best singer in the world, but right. technically, right? Right. Which I don't think you can get away with nowadays, really, with the yeah. voice and all that stuff. Those people, I mean, are tech technically really strong singers, generally. They can do amazing things with their voices, but I don't think that's all there A is priority. to singing. Yeah. I don't think someone who sang like Frank Sinatra would do well. Isn't that an interesting Or Tony thing? Bennett. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Or whoever you want to take. Like, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, pretty damn good singers, but right. they don't sing as good as any of those people technically. Right. But I'd rather listen to them. Yeah, same. You know, sometimes the harmonies are a little bit wonky on Beatles records, or they haven't taken the time to sync the phrasing up as perfectly as you can, right? Right, right. They weren't Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young doing that stuff. They were enthusiastically, you know. Producing. Yeah, yeah, but it makes a sound. It's you can't argue with the sound that it makes. But it's if you if you got critical about it, it's not perfect. It's right, not. right, and it's a very simple approach compared to where we're at right now, right? Yeah, like, for sure. What else do you feel like chatting about, Gordon? We can go anywhere. We can go. Gosh. We can talk about. Uh, or if you're tired. No, I'm good. How are we doing for time here? We've been going at it for about an hour and fifteen, yeah. eh? So. An hour and 17 minutes. An hour and 17 minutes. So we'll probably want to do a, a slow fade out. Yeah. As your, as your as fade like out to a... 
as, as my potatoes come to an end, I didn't like that. I don't know who that song is, but the one that was playing, it's like a... Yeah, earlier? From, is it from like late 60s, early 70s? It was used in that... Like Leonard Anderson short film. Oh, that's where I saw it. Was it was on the front of the train movie. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. The oh, three, the, the, three brothers oh, on the train yeah. uh, in um, India. Darjeeling Limited. Darjeeling yes. Limited. So yes. the, I can't remember what the short film that started that's where that off it. was. Yeah. Yeah. But he plays that song yes. over and over again. And I always, when I was younger, I always thought that was a Leonard Cohen song. That's sort okay. of like what his stuff sounded like initially, like from yeah. a production point of view. Good ear, yeah. by the way. I can't remember the name of the tune. But it's, it also reminds me a bit of Al Stewart. Do you know who Al Stewart is? The Year of the Cat. Oh, yes! You know song? I always yes. loved that song when I was a kid. <laughs> it's very, like, it's hard to play that, like, your male friend. Oh, hear this song that I love by Al Stewart? Like, it's mm-hmm. just some fey, mm-hmm. soft poetry. Yeah. Loving guy singing a sensitive song. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just. Hey, you know what we should do? We've not done this in prior podcasts, but I happen to have the new record, or the new record, mm-hmm. in my in my bag here. Mm-hmm. So why don't we have you give a nice little setup to the? Would you do it for one of the? Well, why don't we say one of your? Sure. You, you pick the tune. You I, pick the there's tune? a few tunes on there I'd pick, but you go ahead. I'd like to hear uh, you. Well, maybe give a little bit of back background to it, and we'll on play the tune. tune. Yeah. Like in terms of is that cool? How it came about? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what you were thinking, where you were at when you mm-hmm. wrote it? I've got it here. He probably well, knows the list as well. You know? He knows the list. He knows the list. Um, well, I, I would. I always go for the first tune. Yeah. Me too. That, that would have been mine too. And go ahead. Um, which uh, again, Lee heard. It was on a was on a demo that I had of. I would go into the studio with James like every once in a while, when I had like twenty or thirty new songs, and just like spend the day, just whacking them down, live live stereo, piano vocal, just to get a a record of them. Yeah. To give to musicians or whatever, and so. Um, so there was there was a version there was a version of that of me just playing piano and singing and he heard it and the funny thing is I had played that song that's an older song I had played that song in Monkey Trial it's like if we had carried on that would have been one of the first songs we recorded when we made our second full length album but we broke up as the first as the first album was coming out the man broke up kind of thing (laughs) classic yeah, classic. That's why I became a solo artist after that. Can't, yeah, can't go wrong. Excuse me. <laughs> Learning how to play the piano and accompany myself. Yeah. But um, uh, but so he heard a, a just a piano demo that I had of it, and was like, "Wow, I I I have a real vision for this tune when I hear it," and which was very similar to how I imagined the tune. His imagining of how the tune went. And, was almost identical to how I imagined it, which is wow. pretty good. That's nice. When you just hear a piano and vocal, it's you could people could go in totally opposite ways about it. And then he had he had ideas about people he wanted to have on the record. So he definitely wanted to have Brian Podvin from yeah. Northern Pikes. Yeah, he's like this guy's gonna put that's guitar awesome. on the record in this part here. That's gonna be unlike anything Beautiful anybody solos. else plays. Yes. Right? Yes. It's, yes. Gonna, it's gonna be very unique and. And, and I hadn't worked with him before, or I didn't really know him. We knew him, 
uh, and then we just slowly and he and he also immediately wanted Glenn Milchum on drums, right? Who he thought was perfect for okay. it, um, and he was right. I wouldn't have. I I didn't know Glenn. I would have worked with someone I worked with previously, probably, yeah. who would have been good, That's but nice. wouldn't have wouldn't have done what Glenn did, which elevates the record to a certain extent. It really does. I think he's amazing. And I think it's awesome you don't, that you don't get to hear him play like that that yeah, often yeah. either. Like in, in his other projects, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And so yeah, so we both had people that we brought to the project. I really like um, Rob Shade from the Auras. Who's I mean he's they're they're a very psychedelic yeah. '60s influenced kind of band, and he plays electric in that band. But he's a very fine guitar player, and so I was like, and I wanted a very you know well-stated, beautiful acoustic guitar part. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. can you know we just kind of picked That's people great. we liked. So everyone was kind of picked because we liked what they did. Yeah. And we wanted them to bring their thing. Kevin Kane plays a Rickenbacker 12 string. Right, and that was, you know, so we just kind of both compiled a band. Uh, Corey McCallum, yep. Pant City, did the layered vocals. Yep. Which were like, we just sort of had people in mind who we, oh, this guy does this really well, let's put him in there. And, and uh, you know, we spent it, we, we recorded it in a day. We did recorded the bed track and uh, all the overdubs except for the layered vocals of Corey McCann, which he did. He went he went away and did those on his own. Oh yeah. And then Daryl Newdorf when he mixed it. Okay. Put that wow. all together. Wow. But what everything else, you know, was everyone played on the beds, but like went back in like we got bass, drums, and piano on the beds, and both guitar players went back in and redid their parts. But everyone played on the beds so that when you're recording the beds, it felt more like a live performance. And uh, you know, and, and it came together beautifully. Like we didn't meet and rehearse or anything. You put prior, it together prior to. Okay. okay. And you know, I, I think that's the take is probably the third, third take. And what's right? the what's the tune about? What's um, it's long, eh? It's, 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 it clocks in at how long? It's about eight minutes long. Eight there, minutes long. There's one pretty extended instrumental and, yeah. and kind of solo heavy part in yeah. the middle but it's also it's kind of it's a long story and it's not told specifically enough so that I think you would necessarily get it okay. right out of the gate and which is interesting because Lee's interpretation of the lyric is radically different from my interpretation of the lyric um, to me it it is a story about a man who leaves his home it's a young man it's 1972 and he uh He's, he's, dry, he's from coming from somewhere rural in the north, going to like a southern urban environment, city environment. It's like a three hour drive, let's say, three hour tour. Um, he gets to the city, three hours have passed for him, but it's like 20, 30 years into the future. Okay. He has not aged, he's passed through three hours of time. So he's all of a sudden he shows up in this what would have been a foreign environment anyway, but now he's out of time. Okay. He's like unstruck, or and you know everything, everyone who he knew is thirty years older. It's almost you know that kind of thing. And so to Whoa. me, it's a metaphor for like supreme alienation. You know what I mean? Like Whoa. being completely like you sure. you're already sort of an alien. 
but not only are you an alien, but you have missed the last 30 years that all the people you're going to be dealing with have been through. You don't know anything, you know. And uh, the song, uh, written in a time before the internet, yeah, as well. So, yeah. like, if you think about how difficult it was to find things out and do research prior to, right? You know, it's hard. To, and this guy's just a normal guy, right? But so that's what the song is about. To me, is about that. Um, also, he in the beginning of the tune, um, he thinks he thinks of you know kind of all the bad people and the weak people as people other than himself right they're getting while they're getting is good kind of thing rats right. off a ship yeah by the end of the tune he's uh, he's including himself he, he does you know although he feels alienated he feels a part of feels a part of it in that he's just as bad as everybody else kind of thing. I, I don't know if that's a very articulate explanation. Here it comes, here it comes now. This has been Industry Tactics, and we thank our good friend Gordon Shawcross. Thank you. This Thanks is the title. I, I don't usually do this kind of stuff, so let me try it. This is the title track from his new upcoming release. Yeah? It's called Almost Science Fiction. And the motherfuckers fathers I get in while well, the getting is good The blind man's chopping wood down at the canning factory Sheila's singing wind chimes in the family tree She still believes in me, Santa Claus, she still believes in me. Stuck in the chimney, chim chim tree, well, Sheila still believes in me. Got the right to feel this way Yeah, that's what you say And you say Yeah, I'm gonna have to Pay and pay and pay That's what you say anyway That's what you say
truck after 17 miles A suitcase full of my clothes went completely out of style Now I would stand out wherever I go My platforms and my short shirts and my bell-bottom trousers Hanging in the closets of other people's houses With all their old music Sewn into the seas Stuck in the chimney Chim chim well Got the right to feel this way Yeah, that's what you say You say Yeah, I'm gonna have to Pay and pay pay That's what you say anyway That's what you say
at Industry Tactics. If you want to support the show, we would greatly appreciate that. Every dollar counts, and we're at uh, patreon.com slash industry tactics. Please come back, won't you? We'll see you soon. Thank you, friends.